The Jen Rufo Show. with our matching Yankee hats. I'm sorry. Are we New Yorkers? Um, are we from the East Coast or what? I think we might be. <laughs> so funny. You're at your home right now? Yeah, I'm in New Jersey. I literally, just as I made my coffee, um, I have a COVID test sitting on my counter because I like am super symptomatic, but... <clears throat> I have COVID right now, so... Do you? Yeah. Okay, so then let's talk about this because I have the symptoms but every test I take is saying negative so am I just supposed to like normalize the common cold maybe yeah Yeah. I mean what are your symptoms so um I was actually in Florida and I literally left um because I was like I unfortunately would rather get an entire plane of people sick than my (laughs) nine-year-old grandmother um uh but yeah so I I started off with like muscle aches, which was peculiar because I haven't been to the gym in over a month. Yeah. Um, and then they went away and now just like today and yesterday, I'm, I just like have a cough. Yep. Mine are body aches, a cough, congestion, like headache, pressure, and brain fog. Um, today's not as bad. I think like yesterday was the worst day, but and I've had COVID and I'm right. double vaxxed because I had to right. for my, um, the show that I'm doing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm vaccinated and boosted. I mean, like, that's the thing though. Like, I'm sh- the vaccine is not going to prevent us from getting it, but like, I just hope that if I do have it, it's just not that bad. Cause if this is it, and I mean, I guess we'll find out in 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> it's not that bad yeah. because I'm vaccinated. So like yeah. fingers yeah. crossed. I think that it definitely helps being vaccinated. Like the symptoms aren't as bad, but now there's like this new variant and who knows? I know, I know it's a fucking mess, but. But we're here. Luckily we can record and not need to be in the same place. Exactly, exactly. So how are you? It's been forever. uh, You got your wisdom teeth out? Yeah, well, it's so crazy because I got one taken out, um, but because I have like really bad TMJ and like a fragile jaw, we have to do one at a time every yeah. other month for the next few months. So like I'm getting my, we can't do all of them. My jaw won't be able to handle it. Oh. So I got my first one. Now I get my next one next week. And it's like, I'm going to be constantly swollen for the next like four months of my life. I have TMJ too. Can we talk about that? I 100%. I get Botox in my jaw or whatever. And it, it helps a lot because it just like numbs the muscle. Um, yeah. But so it does I'm, change the shape of your face because my face has definitely changed a little bit. Right. From it. So like, as you might be able to tell, my face, like I don't have a face anymore because of the <laughs> amount of injections that have been in my face, not cosmetically. So like, I need to fucking cool it on the Botox in the jaw because one, it's not helping. And two, I no longer have a fucking face because of it. Well, you see, um, I had I had a huge, like a very defined big jaw. Oh, so and that is perfect. So it you. made it like kind of normal now. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, that's um, but yeah, you have a tiny, cute little face. I'm actually getting lipo <clears throat> on the 19th. I'm getting like air sculpting. Have you heard of air sculpting? 
Um, I, I've heard of it, but what is it exactly? It's, it's like a form of lipo where you don't need to be under um, any sort of anesthesia to do it. It's like super local, whatever. But yeah. I'm doing, as of right, I mean, I might change my mind when I get there. We might fuck around and do some other areas. Yeah. Like, as of right now, I'm doing like all of this shit because like to have all of this like excess fat right here with like the smallest face in the world just cosmetically makes zero sense. Interesting, yeah. So, yeah, we're just taking it one day at a time, Jen. I, like, I love it. Look, I'm all for doing whatever makes you feel better I'm for it 100% totally (laughs) I think you look great okay so you are an ICF certified life coach yeah so what exactly does that mean so um I always tell people if they're looking to hire a life coach like kind of like any other doctor like if you're going to a therapist if you're seeing a surgeon like you kind of want to know their background and what they're credibility is and where they got their education. Mm-hmm. So an ICF certified life coach is the International Coaching Federation. That is like the union basically for coaches. It's like the best um, form of education you can have for being a coach. So I always tell people to make sure, and there's tons of programs that you can become accredited through the ICF. And I always tell people to make sure that if they're going to hire a coach to make sure not only are they certified, so they know what the fuck they're doing, but two, it's ICF because that is like the top notch. We have learned and properly been examined through hours and coursework to be able to be what we are. A lot of people think that a life coach gives you advice. And if, if you hire a life coach and they are giving you advice, you need to fucking run for the bloody hills because how the hell am I going to be able to tell you what's good for your life? I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything, like, especially a client, like they're going to come to me. I'm going to be like, this is what you need to do. Like how much of an ego would I have to have to think that like, I know it all. I don't. Right. So when you're an ICF certified life coach, you know that the premise of your coaching is based on asking empowering questions to make them realize that they have the answers. It's not an ego driven field at all. It shouldn't be. That's important. That's important to know. Um, So what kinds, what kinds of clients do you have? What is the main or most common types of issues that clients come to you with? A lot. I'm going to be honest. A lot of my clientele lately are women. I mean, I'll take anyone if we're a match. I also just don't take anyone to begin with. But if I feel like we're a good fit, I also have room for a new client. Um, I'll take you, but a lot of the women that I've I've been working with lately are anywhere between like 23 and 33. And it's all, they come to me for something and it ends up being a totally different reason why they're there once we've uncovered a lot. So I'm finding that the underlying themes of a lot of my clientele recently are all based around self-love and validation. Every single one. It's like the decisions that they're making in their life stem from a place of not their partner, not their mom or dad or all the shit. It's because if they if they don't love themselves, a lot of the actions that they're going to be making in their life are going to reflect that. Um, So I kind of like assist my clients and having a more like wholesome, better. And when I say wholesome, I don't mean like one with the Lord. I mean, just like wholesome as far as like mind, body, soul connection, incorporating more peaceful practices into their life, living out, you know, their life through their values and making sure that they don't do anything that doesn't align with their values. Um, you know, stuff, stuff like that. That's really, that's really the majority of it. That's great to have somebody 
that's trained to hold you accountable to living in accordance with your values. So often we get thrown off track or just lose focus. And, and that self-love really plays a big role in relationships too. Like if you don't have that, like I'm guilty of it. I get lost very easily in relationships because I have an attached, uh, an anxious attached attachment. Um, and it's just really, my brain is wired to just be codependent and, you know, kind of just forget myself. So I have to work really hard and like do my meditations and do my daily reading to really keep myself like tuned into like, okay, what does Jen need today? Like before we go text your boyfriend or whoever, like, what are we doing here? And and it's really hard to reprogram um, when you're wired that way. Especially when you're like a loving human, like mm-hmm. some people see it as a bad thing when they're like codependent or um, have that like anxious attachment to someone. But when you really look at the deep, message behind what those people are a lot of times they're just like so fucking loving which is not a bad thing at all it can only just become a bad thing if you get lost in the fact that you are individual from that attachment and like your needs are more important than theirs like I, I never like to say they're equally important no yours are more important from for you like there's no one else that needs to be more important than you ever I don't care about equal I don't No, it's you you mm-hmm. need to come first every single time doesn't mean you don't love your partner it's just you gotta fucking you were born in your body a hundred percent I always say it's not good or bad it just it is what it is it's how we mm-hmm. were you know our experiences our parents it's it's just it is what it is. I'm anxious attached. And like, for example, my boyfriend is avoidant attached. So it's like, there's really no good or bad. It's just good to be aware of it so that you can, if you're on a growth journey, like try to bring it back to a more secure attached place so that things can function right in the relationship. Can I ask you like a really vulnerable, honest question? Yeah, a hundred percent. Go for it. Do you feel, and I don't know your boyfriend at all, mm-hmm. but do you feel like he is respectful of your anxious attachment? And are you respectful of his avoidance? Like, is there a middle ground that you guys come to? Because those are really different things. And so I feel like someone has to like give in in that situation, which might not be like a fun thing. So yeah, so we're actually in couples therapy. We have been um, for about four months and it's helped a lot (laughs) because it has made us both aware of how each other are feeling more. Um, so that now, for example, when he does something that's like so fucking annoying and like, you know, triggers me and my anxious attachment and is just so avoidant and distant, I'm like, okay, well, I can empathize now that I understand how he's feeling and not take it personally and like pause and like come back to it and talk to it about the issue when it's like, you know, we're both calm and it's a better timing, which is very, very hard for me because I'm Italian, I'm from Jersey and I'm anxious attached. My mom's 
a lawyer, a public defender. So I've been fighting with her my whole life. I'm just very active. I love conflict, like bring it like, and he's the complete opposite. He's like LA, let's smoke some weed, no conflict. I'm going to avoid any form of conflict. So it's like, it's very, it, it took us a while to get that rhythm down, but I think we kind of are finding it, you know, we're nowhere near perfect, but I think we're both and I'll be honest, like it, it gets to a point sometimes where we have to take like a week break, <laughs> just not even to like date other people or just because it gets so much that we have to like, we need our space and need to, yeah. which is way easier for him. Don't get me wrong. I love my space, but I also love to know you're there. Like, I like to know that I like that reassurance and he's not the best at giving it and he's not the best communicator he's working on it but you know it's it's really it's been challenging I can imagine and it's like that's the worst when you begin to realize that like your partner is at moments incapable of giving you what you need which Mm -hmm. is why I emphasize that like your partner shouldn't have to Mm-mm. and they shouldn't be blamed if they don't because you should be able to do it within and then it take, it goes a step further because you're like wow if I felt secure in my own skin at any given moment and again this is shout out to your boyfriend if you're listening like this is not a dig at him this is a dig to any guy it's like if a woman or a man, whatever, if you're so secure within yourself, it's like, if you really think about it, you had all the money, your career is on fucking tap. Like you fucking run this shit because your life is so great. Would you actually choose your person? Because like, there's so much fucking conflict going on. It's like, if I loved myself, like your relationship and who you're with is a choice. And it's like, you guys should constantly be like, up leveling each other all the time like that's the beauty of a co-partnership whether it's in friendship or you know regular relationships Mm -hmm. and it's like if you can't reach that level all the time with your person it's no hard feelings it's just like we don't energetically align in this moment like that doesn't mean no moment but like in this one totally 100% like that is spot on I can't tell you how many times we've gotten to that point where we're like, should we this even worth it? But I will say that I am so grateful for this relationship because like you just said, it's challenged me to be there for me. Like when I would normally, and I still have that tick. I still have that need that like comes up and creeps up. That's just wired in me that like wants that validation or wants to hear from him. But then I'm like, no, I don't, need that I'm craving it but I don't need it like I'm fine without it and it's like this whole relationship has really been teaching me how to be there for myself and like and really made me aware at how many codependent tendencies I really have it's we we, a lot of us do it's like not even it, it goes back I don't know if you were someone like this but like to like tap into the sexual nature of it all. I remember when I was like younger, like high school and I would like need the validation and like send naked pictures to my friends. Like, I mean, we could take it back so far where it's like, 
Oh, that was a spot on sign that like maybe you were like craving the attention. Yeah. But it's like, it, it's so freeing when you come to a place where you're like, I don't need you to tell me that I look amazing because I fucking look so good. Mm-hmm. I look so good for me. Totally. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's complicated. It is because I feel like when I was younger, I would do those things from a place, from a different place from a younger place, from a more insecure, immature place where I'm like, validate me. And like, I didn't know how to do that for myself. But like now I feel like when I do it, it's more like, I'm I'm hot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm kind of doing this for me. Like if you benefit from it too, like, great. But like, (laughs) which like, you know, they will because like I'm fucking hot. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's different. Exactly it. Yeah, no, it's true. I love that you're in couples therapy too. Like, I really appreciate the fact that whether this person you're with is like the long end, like you're forever or not, the fact that like people always, I always hear people say like, well, why would I do couples therapy if like, I don't, like, it's not that serious. Like we're not married or anything. And it's like, that was his argument. (laughs) Was it? And it's like, no, it's like, what a fucking gift that like, even if you guys don't end up together, like you went through couples therapy and now you have these tools mm-hmm. to carry on to new relationships or your next relationship. Like it's just something you're doing in the moment. Like who cares? It, that you hit that nail right on the head because me, I, I, that was my mentality. I was like, who cares if like, it doesn't work out. Like this will help us figure out faster if it's not going to work out. And then also you get to carry new tools in the event that we don't end up yeah. together. It's a win-win. Yeah, totally. Um, and it it's helped a lot. And I think he's really seen the value in it a lot, but it is hard at first, especially for people who are avoidant to just get through the door because they avoid feeling feelings. Right. And so therapy, you're going to talk about feelings. You're going to talk about a lot of stuff. So, um, but, but once you just go, I mean, I love therapy. I get so excited for like my individual therapy, my couple therapy. Like I'm like a brown noser at school. Like I just, I love it Um, because you're learning. And whenever I feel like I'm learning and growing and and I have that forward momentum, I feel good. Yeah. And and Jen, like the best part about what you're saying is that like you're fully aware of your setbacks and the things that make you insecure and your flaws and x y and z but there was a time in your life where you weren't mm-hmm. and that like is the biggest gift to be so fully aware of who you are and your actions and your habits and not judging them but just becoming aware of them and yes. being open to the idea that one day there could be a shift you are so like checklist on the right track to becoming the best version of you you're showing up for it I think that's huge too, is that a lot of people are so hard on themselves. So that's why they avoid therapy because they're going to become aware of all of these right. things. But that's like what you said is so important. Don't judge yourself for it, right? Just, it, it is what it is. Like be kind to yourself, be gentle with yourself and just embrace the journey, right? Like there's yeah. no need to get hard on ourselves. For, nobody's yeah. perfect. We're never going to be perfect. It's just- a journey. Yeah. I think there's something way cooler about a person that can confront like those people that are scared to go to therapy and avoiding it and stuff. Like they don't want to admit or find out the things that are wrong with them. I think that's so much hotter 
like a person that can like actually confront their shit than someone who's like too cool to do that. There's nothing like less attractive to me than a man who's like so avoidant of their own issues. I'm like, that's like very small penis energy. (laughs) Small dick energy. I agree. Like really fucking gross. Like learn that you're not perfect, sir. Speaking of dicks, didn't you, (laughs) didn't you text me recently and you were like, I fucked this guy that you fucked or something. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. That was a while ago. Well, it wasn't that long ago. That was a, that took, that took a turn in a way that I didn't expect. I talked to this guy for like a month. Where'd you meet? We met on Raya. We matched on Raya. And then we like FaceTimed and stuff because like I was somewhere, he was somewhere, whatever the case may be. And then we ended up meeting and I thought it was really great. The problem was the lack of honesty about who he was. Hmm. It was very strange, Jen. I felt like, and I feel like a lot of guys do this, and I think it's a sign of severe immaturity, where they paint this picture of who they are to get this end result. And then once it happens, they show their cards. And I mean, Jen, this happened within like seconds after the occasion ended. He like opened up about the fact that he's like a huge partier, like huge. He's like always smoking his vape. He's always drinking. He's always this, he's always that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Live your fucking life. It's just not aligned with my lifestyle. Yeah. And everything from that point on, like one of his leading lines to me on Raya was, I feel like our lifestyles are super aligned. And when you hear that, you're like, oh, amazing. Like that sounds cool. (laughs) Like love that. Also, he's like an Indian kid. And like, that's super, like his upbringing is probably really similar to like, I'm like my upbringing. No, it wasn't. I'm Jewish, but like his upbringing is similar to like where what I my beliefs are now in life. And I was right. like, oh, this is pretty awesome. But it was like after was- he didn't hide anything, he was always smoking the vape, always doing that shit. But like he's like, yeah, like I don't plan on like stopping going to sex parties and and partying and this and that. And it's like, no, babe, that's so fine. Like live your life. But like you really like you knew that if you told me that, I wouldn't have slept with you. Interesting. So like after you guys slept together, he kind of came up. Like he showed his cards like within minutes. Like, oh, oh, oh. like telling stories like about, you know, like pillow talk time. Like I love it. and I was like, what? So it got after the fact. Literally <laughs> right <laughs> after. It all spills like, out. <laughs> but that was one of like one of my proudest moments of my life because I literally said to him, like, like we both looked at each other and we're like, maybe we're not a match. And I was like, we're not like at all. Um, if that's, and he's like, yeah, like, and I'd want my person to like be cool with that and like join. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. And like, instead it was really late. Like he could have slept over and I was like, you should go. And he was like, no, that's, that's totally fine. I respect it. And like, that was it. And like, I have not spoken to him since. Well, Hey, I mean, I kind of love that because yeah. you guys are both super direct about it and there was no games. There was no, I love that. He was that. so honest. Yeah. So he was into sex parties and stuff and you weren't, is that what you're saying? Have you ever his been- whole lifestyle. I mean, I respect people that go to sex parties, but like, if I'm, I'm a monogamous, like I am someone that likes partnership and like one-on-one partnership. Mm-hmm. And 
he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, yeah, of course. But it didn't seem like he, him and I were looking for the same things. In I, that see. Time. I see. And that's totally cool. Have you ever thought about not being monogamous or is that something, you know, just deep in your soul that you are? I've never thought about it. And if I do think about it, if I put some actual thought into it, I don't think that I have the personality type to be able to do that for a few reasons. Um, I really value the difficulty that comes with commitment to one person. Like it's fucking hard, but I also like challenging myself in that way. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something really special about choosing a person and just a person and just like really, I'm not a good multitasker. I think that's the other thing. Like I can't do two things at once. So I think that goes for commitment to people, even when I'm like at dinner with someone or like whatever, like my focus is so on you that mm -hmm. I don't think I have the ability to have my focus on multiple people, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. I like yeah. it. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's true to you. Yeah. I never thought, well, not that I never thought, I just didn't know that I'd be into open relationships and stuff like that. I, it was an interesting situation with my current boyfriend and I, in that his kink was that I cheated. His kink right from the first day that we met was like, I like my girl to kind of be free and cheat on me. And, you know, I was like, Ooh, this is interesting. So I tried yeah. it. And then I was like, Ooh, this is empowering. I would like tell him the story about what happened, or I would send him a little video if the guy was cool with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, he would obviously get off to it. And like for the first six months, maybe more, he was monogamous and it was just me being free. Mm -hmm. And then we slowly opened it up to like playing together, maybe like going to sex parties and slowly opened up to him being free. But this is a very interesting topic and it ties into mental health because for someone like me, who is anxious? I was going to say, Jen, I don't see how okay, you yeah. are capable of doing this. It's very hard, but listen, hear me out. So like for someone like me who is anxious attached, who is very direct and like a little jealous. I'm, I'm a little jealous. I grew up in competition dance my whole life. Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? Like, um, yeah. Uh, who has abandonment issues, who has trauma, who has triggers, it's really fucking hard. And yet every time I was in a monogamous relationship, I felt trapped. I wasn't sexually satisfied. Mm. I, it just, I like feeling free. I like, and I believe that I am an animal. We are animals. And like, if I have the urge to act on something sexually, I like having that freedom. Right. Personally. And I don't, it doesn't take away from my relationship with my boyfriend, from our partnership. I believe in partnership. I do. Um, I don't know that I'm polyamorous because I like being someone's main partner emotionally. Right. Like, like you are my main emotional partner and yeah, we can like fuck other people or like whatever, but you're my person kind of thing. Um, and it's been very challenging, very hard. And, but it's really forced me to level the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like 
and strengthen my, those voices in my head that I just hate everything about society, <laughs> societal norms. I, I hate how we're programmed to, from religion, from society, even from like a marriage standpoint, like this is the right way to do things. This is how we do things. Like, like right. anything that is like, I just challenge it. I'm like, why? Um, no, it's true. Somewhere along the way, these rules were created for what? Like yeah. for what? Yeah. So, and, and Hey, if that is what feels right to some people, great, but like, it just didn't feel right to me. So like, I'm kind of, <laughs> it's, it's just a struggle for me because I have these beliefs and what I believe in, but I have all these like traumas and triggers that make it very difficult for me. But, um, but I do it anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Well, just, do you, do you think that like after exploring this, it's the, it's the best way for you to not feel trapped and X, Y, and Z, like this method works for you? It does. It works for me. And I'm not saying, I think that I'll always be an open, something open, something non-traditional, but I'm not saying this is what it's going to be forever. I don't know. It could change. It could evolve. Um, but right. I do think it will never be normal. Right. Or like the quote unquote yeah. normal. Um, yeah. No, that's really interesting. I think it's, it's just like cool when someone learns something about themselves that they would never expect to actually be the outcome. Mm -hmm. um, and it's true. Like, to even assume that you would even know what this is going to look like for you in a few months, next year, in a few years. Like we have no idea. And that goes for anyone. Uh, like who knows the circumstances of your life could change. And you might realize that you yeah. want to be polyamorous. You might realize, yeah. fuck it. Like, I don't want to be with anyone. Like you might yeah. have a lot of things. Exactly. And that's why I just love looking at relationships as a whole as like, there's no right or wrong. And that's why I hate when people say like, oh, you're still single. Like still, yeah. oh, that is like the biggest trigger for me because that is saying that you're assuming that that person is unhappy, is unhappy or like didn't choose that life. And like, yeah. I'm just like, shut up. I just I hate know. when people say that. I, hate I know. It. I completely agree with you. The worst. I want to punch that. Like it's such, as you can see, it's such a huge trigger. Um, no, I, I just think it's, I just think the whole thing is really interesting about what you're saying as far as like who you are and your personality traits and the things that you struggle with and how you're challenging yourself to be in these situations that like may not well, seem like they'd be healthy for the person, personality type that you have, yet they are. Let me just, this is going to make a lot of sense adding this part to it. So <laughs> I learned how to masturbate at like seven years old at, in dance class. Like we were doing this dance where we were like on our, on the floor on our back. And like, I wasn't even like, my hands are like above my head, but my legs were crossed and I was like lifting them up and down. I think it was like an ab exercise or something. And so like, yeah. I like had more heads. I'm like, Ooh. So like, obviously I went home and like tried to recreate that sensation, but right. it had nothing to do with sex for me. Like it was just something that felt good. And so I would do it. And like, I think my mom even walked in on me one time and she's like, well, what are you doing? I'm like holding my bedpost in my hand. My legs are going up and down. And I like was young. I was young. And I was like, I don't know. It just feels good. And she's like, where? 
and it just like oh my stomach because like you know I didn't want to say it but um but yeah so I would do that throughout my life like if there was a fight in my like I kind of grew up in somewhat of a dysfunctional home I mean we're loud or Italian we fight you know whatever and so when I would get mad or triggered like I would go upstairs in, in my room and I would just masturbate so for the longest time orgasms to me had nothing to do with being with sex and everything to do with like a release and being mad and like whatever so what do you think I do when my current boyfriend hooks up with other people yeah I get off to it because it makes me mad right it makes me jealous or mad or whatever and so like that is kind of like my release and it's so interesting but it feels normal because that's what I did my whole life. I would masturbate to things that made me mad. <laughs> so but you know what's crazy? Now we need to go into this part, which is so after you do it, mm-hmm. there's the post nut clarity of, and now you're left with sadness in a weird way. Like some, but think about it. Some girls, I know a lot of women that like will fuck someone and feel so like gross about it like it was just like I like I don't even like you like I I just use in there yeah right exactly yeah and then they feel like a fucking and guys feel it too sometimes after they do something you're left with that like you no longer have the stimulation physically and now you're just left with your brain and uh, like your actual heart and your actual emotions and that's where things can become tough because totally once you're left with the release it's like well how do you feel and yeah. that's tough yeah, I guess you have a point. I don't know. I have to, I have to pay more attention next time yeah. after. Um, but usually if I'm mad about something and then I like create this fantasy scenario in my head about maybe what happened when he hooked up with so-and-so and like I get off to it, a lot of like the angry feelings are gone. And I'm not really that sad because I believe that my partner should have the same freedoms I do. And I know that that person isn't as important as me in his life. So it's like, right. it takes a lot of rewiring, but I don't know. I'm going to pay more attention though next time and see if I do get that sadness or or, or not. But even, so like, even if you don't get the sadness now, it's like, I can imagine when we were younger, like mm. people were fighting and then you came in your room and it wasn't like a sexual thing that you were doing. But like after you orgasm, just like you're so left with the fact that people are fighting in your house. Yes, like yes, you're right. That's yes. fucking sad. Totally. Yes, you're right. That mm-hmm. <laughs> that was not the most healthy way of coping. <laughs> but it was but your release. It was a coping mechanism. And also I so fucking normal. Like yeah. the amount of like, please, are you kidding? Like yeah. this shit is like textbook normal. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. what's going on in your life right now besides coaching what's going on in my life well I moved to Brooklyn Uh, I I miss LA so much Jen like I fucking hate it here I mean here's the thing like I love being near my family I love being near my friends but I'm very into sensory overload and Mm -hmm in a good way in New York I don't need to see the lights and this and that I need oceans and mountains that's what I need and it's great that I have family in Florida so I spend a lot of time there and I'm able to kind of get some of that 
But LA will always just have like a really special place in my heart. And um, I miss it. But, you know, like we're East Coasters. The people here at the oh. end of the day are real. Yeah, they don't compare. I, um, well, that's good. So do you think you're going to stay there? You're going to sublet your place and come back? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. All I know is that thank God for OnlyFans because truly <laughs> like living in New York oh my god Jen you don't understand how much I pay like it's oh please girl I used to live in New York I know what I paid for a small tiny shoebox studio apartment and, it's and I actually like have a big-ish place like I have like a big-ish place and in like the shittiest part of I mean it's not a shitty part of Brooklyn but like I'm in like a really fine neighborhood like not great and the amount I'm paying it's like so freaking ridiculous but you know what the price you pay well, you can move if you want. You're not stuck. You can figure it out. You can of get a sublet and, you know, like I'm in Miami it. filming in February. So maybe you should move to Miami for a little bit. Honestly, I would very much consider spending more time down there. Honestly, we should, we should do it. It's a great, but how long are you filming? Uh, it's like an eight week filming period starting mid February to the end of March, but I'll probably be living there after um because my boyfriend had been planning to move there for a while and you know I've done New York I've done LA and the only three places really I can see myself living are New York LA or Miami so I think you'll thrive in Miami Miami's kind of like the next the next and you'll be able to get a really nice place yeah it's not as expensive as New York that's for sure no you'll love it I'm excited um let's talk about OnlyFans actually because I remember one time when we've previously recorded, I feel like you're like, it's your body. Like you go girl, but like, that's just not me. And now you have an OnlyFans. So yeah, I, I have always been so interested by OnlyFans. Like yeah. when I started to realize what it was, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of people that had it, but I knew that it was like totally a success for an individual person. Yeah. And then a lot of my friends started making them and nobody really like talked about it. And I remember one day um, I was talking to one of my best friends and she is an OnlyFans and I was telling her how, how much my treatments are for my TMJ pain management, which mm-hmm. I got once a week. So I spend about, about 2,500 a month for TMJ management. Wow. And it's a lot of money. It's yeah. like a lot of fucking money. That and that's on top of everything else. So she told me how much she makes. And from that point on, I was like, why would I not do this? This does <laughs> not make sense to me. Like exactly. the only reason why someone has an OnlyFans is because of the income. Like no one's really just doing it for like, for our like no the benefit of it is the fact that we get to create content and see a monetary value off of it Mm -hmm. and I don't think that content should be free I've always said that like if someone is putting out a talent a service a product whatever it is Mm -hmm. it should be something that people invest in that's that's just what I feel and my whole mentality on it and I've always been pretty proudly promiscuous but um but I at first I was late to the game with OnlyFans and it took a second to like 
get comfortable with the stigma surrounding it with people I know seeing stuff with, you know, whatever. Um, But my philosophy on it is women get over-sexualized on the daily. Like, you know what it's like to walk down a street in New York when there's like 17 construction people or whatever, like cat calling you, making you feel so uncomfortable and just like uh, powerless kind of. And in my- trapped and in my mind I'm like well I get I have to put up with this shit all the time like why not kind of take the power back and do it in my own way and profit off of it like a hundred percent it's like the smartest thing in the world it is and let's be clear and I make this clear too I know exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I know that this might not be forever. This might only be a few more months. I don't know how long it's going to be. What I do know is that for the most part, I am fully using these men for money. A hundred percent. And there's nothing wrong I am using them to pay for my bills. And I do not feel an ounce of remorse on it. And to be honest, I will say, Jen, What makes my account different from most others is, you know me at this point, like, I can't just have, I'm not like someone who can have someone manage my account or like, Mm. no, I like actually get to know everyone. (laughs) I'm like coaching coaching a lot of my my subscribers. Oh my God, that is such a good idea. That's a great way to get into these guys' minds. Because a lot of the times, a lot of these guys that are subscribed they really just want someone to talk to about the shit that's going on in their regular life. And for $24 a month, they can subscribe to my page knowing that they that they have my, what's going on with this person? How is it going? Like they have free talk therapy on top of like really cute, like bikini pictures of me. Like you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome everyone. I love it. I so, love yeah, it. I mean, it's, uh, it's and, been a great thing. And, and that's what I like about, your usage of OnlyFans is that it's very unique to you and you've, you know, incorporated your coaching into it and it's just, it's who you are. And it's oh, just and another- meditation. And meditation. I do wellness tips. I'm it. like, guys, I know you don't want to do this, but like, I promise make this green juice. You will freak the fuck out. It doesn't taste like a vegetable. And they're like, oh. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. My, you know, and, and it is, stigmatized because there are a lot of like porn stars on it and people in porn who just like fuck whoever because it's part of their job and and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but I also think it's cool to use this platform for an extension of your brand like for me for example I don't go around just like hooking up with whoever like just to to have like I'm not I'm the kind of person where if I engage in, in sexual activity, like I'm a, I'm a romantic at heart. Like I need to feel that like push pull. I can't just like sport fuck whoever. Like, right. um, so I kind of made my OnlyFans a, an extension of just what I, my life. Like here's a clip from the hookup I had last night. Not like forcing sex to happen, but if it happens, like, here, here it is. Yeah. It. <laughs> no, I think it's so smart. It's literally so, the greatest platform on earth. I said it. I, yeah, it's great. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes or like what 
is to come next. And that's the best part about it is that like, even if OnlyFans dies, like, and something happens, there will never not be a platform. There will never, I mean, this is, there's always going to be something that we can use to, to do this. Like it is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's 2022 life now. I always have so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much for being here today. I love um, you. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Caitlin underscore Herman. Um, that's pretty much it. Like, I don't really You're have coaching. Yeah, like if you go to my Instagram, you'll you'll find in my bio like anywhere else that you would need to find me. Um, but yeah. I mean, I love talking to you. You're the greatest. Yeah, you're the greatest. Wait, and last thing before we pop off. Yeah. Tips do you have for me prior to going on reality TV? (laughs) From a former reality TV, were you a villain? I think you were a villain. I was out of control. Um, (laughs) Here's the thing. But you're not playing a game, are you? Mm -mm. I don't think. You don't know. It's more, it's a new show, so... I'm not really sure, but I think it's going to be like more real life. Okay. It's not a game. I don't think it's more of a, it's just like a lifestyle. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, reality TV is, is difficult to like navigate, but at the end of the day, as long as you remember that there are going to be a lot of people that love you and a lot of people that don't, being yourself like you will never ever in the reality tv world please someone because a lot of the watchers like to pick sides like like to oh i like this person i see myself in this person Mm -hmm. so understanding that there's nothing you can do to make yourself like more loved or more hated or this or that so the greatest thing you can do is literally just be yourself and every action you make be so aware of what you're doing so that when you are off the show you can say and defend why you made every decision you did with like conviction. Like, no, I did this because X, Y, and Z. Like, don't make decisions that you can't back up mm. when it's over. And like, don't it. let your trigger let you do something that you're going <laughs> to. And if it does, then you can say after the show, if you're doing an interview or whatever the case may be, like, oh, I was fully triggered in that moment. Like that, like just being so fucking honest about like, where you are, what your mental health is, like the things you struggle with, as long as you are so aware of that and you know how to like express that so it doesn't come off that like you don't fully know who you are, then you're good. You're so good. That's great advice. Thank you. (laughs) Well, have fun doing it. I mean, it should be a good experience. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll see. We shall see. We'll keep you posted. Um, Yeah, let me know what happens with your COVID test. And oh well, I should once <laughs> once I'm better, uh, we'll have to plan something. What is, are you going to be in that. New York for the next couple weeks? Or I know I'm supposed to be in LA from the fourth to the tenth um, of February. Then, yeah, February. Okay, but that also just depends on like my healing process of everything that happens. Okay, well, um, we'll but, play it by ear. Yeah, we'll we'll do something. You mean are you allowed to see people when you're? filming or no yeah i think so i don't know so it's, okay I'm not we'll sure. it if i'm in miami i'll let you know yeah let me know okay i love you, I love you. Bye.
Later, bitches. Later, bitches.